Welcome to today's episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bossig, and I'm eager to get started with our guest today, Dan Decker, the host of the Bad Choices and Bourbon Podcast. Let's get started. On mic today, we have Dan Decker, host of the podcast Bourbon and Bad Decisions. How are you doing today, buddy? Doing pretty good. It is uh, great to have a conversation with you again. Uh, haven't had you on my show. Being here is an absolute pleasure. I, and actually, I will point that out is that I was on your show a few months back, and there's a good chance this may become a part two to that conversation. So I'm going to put the, <laughs> that episode in the show notes. But I like the concept of your show because there are a lot of podcasts out there. That's not even up for discussion. And there are a lot of people who do shows about, hey, let's put two Star Trek fans in the same room and have them talk about their favorite episode. And there's right. a lot of podcasts where it's like, you know, hey, let's try to talk about what we would do if we were in charge. But your show is let's sit down with the podcaster and talk about their life story. And that's news to me. Oh, well, thank you very much. Um, it is uh, it. You know, it's been a a an idea brewing for some time now, and I I like talking to people. Um, if you haven't noticed, I like to um, I like to yammer on, and I like to get to know folks. And I figured um, we have we obviously have a a shared common interest or passion with with Trek or sci-fi or or whatever else the connection might be. But specifically with our friends on Twitter, let's get to know the person behind the avatar. You know, let's let's find a there's and and so far, uh, as we come to near the end of the year and wind down the first season, um, I have enjoyed absolutely every conversation, um, and I feel like I've I've taken away a learn, uh, and I hope that that's been shared with the audience and the and the folks at large. Uh, but it's been yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And I really the, – the idea appeals to me because when I first got on the internet in the mid-90s, it was very – if you did some research and found somebody posted something you liked, you would go to their website and read their bio and maybe even jot an email to them and say, hey, I like what you're doing. Do you want to communicate? That wasn't weird. And now it, for some reason it is weird, and I think you're getting back to that. Yeah, exactly. Um, or just the idea of, uh, you know, when the when I when I first got over the hump and and put out the first episode, um, and and you know, one thing to note for your listeners, your your primary releases are on Thursday for exactly the same reason that mine are, and that's we've never gotten the hang of it, and hopefully this helps, right? Um, but um, but just reaching out two people uh the first several shows i just put a blast out on twitter uh and that was several hundred followers ago and so i got a i got a really strong response i ended up with a lot of content um in the can as it were uh and and while that was a uh, you know a great uh way to kick things off i learned uh as as we've gone on um now i have better equipment so listening back to those episodes is a little rough compared to what i you know i could do now um and having a, so much front loaded you know i want to have it a little folks a little closer you know to their release date so that it isn't months away from from getting to to hear them um but yeah, it, 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 just reaching out to those folks, uh, you know, I would like to talk to this person. Um, 
Is it someone I already know? That's pretty great. Um, is it someone that I would like to talk to personally? I've reached out to those folks as well. And like you said, um, one person that I was able to get in touch with, I, I had to find his email address on his website. Uh, but guess what? <laughs> He's been on the show and that, that episode's coming up. Um, and it was, you know, for me, sometimes it's about, you know, being selfish. Uh, and, and I admit every episode, it's about being selfish. I'm the one that wants to learn this. I would call these people on the telephone and talk to them. We may as well turn on the microphones, you know? And that's, that's a heck of a good point, but I think that it's less than selfish and it's more just building a community, which is something that we talk about on the audio portion of the show a lot. We end every episode by saying, here's what we can do to build the followership of this show. And that's partially selfish, but it's also Mm -hmm. like, hey, we're all stuck in our houses more so right now than ever. We're trying to find ways to connect with people. Let's make it just a little bit easier. Right. And, and, um, you know, the vast majority of the folks that, that I get the opportunity and the pleasure to interact with on Twitter feel like people that I would just want to hang out with anyway. Um, and, and, you know, reminding everyone right now, especially that we're all just kind of in this together in, in this weird time, um, I think it gives us a chance to, to stay connected. Um, and some folks, you know, they're like, oh, this is the first time I've ever been on a podcast. And I'm like, well, surprise, it's the first time I've ever podcasted. So, um, and I, and just trying to, you know, oh, everyone's like, oh, I don't have an interesting story. Uh, yeah, no, you do. Everyone has an interesting story. Um, and that you just have to talk to somebody and be willing to listen to, to find it. And it just, it, it, it just felt like something that, you know, I've been brewing on it for four years and now was the time. Uh, once I was shown that the barriers are much lower to being able to put a show out. Um, yeah, changed a lot of things. So what kind of feedback have you show so far um a lot of good feedback uh the yeah the community has seemingly responded very well um you know i have a uh what they call the the cult of 20 or the cult of 25 um you know a steady listenership uh and that's you know I, i counted today and it's uh it really is worldwide several countries um and then within the united states several of the states have listenership so it's just it's very humbling and rewarding to, you know, maybe it's one person in each place, but there's somebody across the world listening to me talk to my friend. That's very, uh, it's very cool. Uh, as I like to say lately, the internet is a weird place, <laughs> um, in, in some of the best and worst ways. Uh, but it, it's, like I said, it's very gratifying, uh, but also very, uh, humbling to have, uh, folks who are listening, you know, willing to listen. Um, and it, it's interesting to watch, as as folks come along, you know, and, and each episode gets a new listener. Um, and then, you know, because as as new guests come on, you know, they bring a little bit, like you said, how do we help grow the audience? They bring a little a little bit more people along the way with them. And it's really cool. And that's something that it I mean, it takes a while to build that. And that's it's frustrating to some people. It's poison for anybody who is into instant gratification. This is mm-hmm. not your bag. If that's if that's the way your mind works. Not at all. But I think that there's, I mean, when you figure how many billions of people are on the planet, the vast majority of them have some form of connection to the Internet. If we can connect in any way, shape or form, let's give it a try. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that's the beautiful thing about 
where we are now, it has never been easier to facilitate community than it is these days, even though we're separated by time and distance. Um, we are connected through this this ether um, that, you know, that allows us to heck. Most of the folks, uh, or a good number of the folks that I've spoken to, especially recently, are ahead of me. Uh, and that interesting scheduling opportunities. Um, if you've ever played Dungeons and Dragons, you know that that's difficult enough with people who are local, let alone people who are six hours ahead of you. Um, and so making that game work, you know, takes that extra effort. But you've, I've found people who are willing to do it, you know. Um, and, and when we get to be able to be there in a group and especially, you know, Trek brings us together as a, <clears throat> it's a passion that draws us together, but finding those other opportunities to connect where you get to learn something about, you know, oh, these people like to play Dungeons and Dragons too. I like to play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, they're willing to, <laughs> they're willing to cut a wide swath of slack to a new dungeon master. Um, and I, as a dungeon master, am more interested in having a really good time than I am about trying to slay my players. So, um, you know, I think just those kinds of things, building those kinds of connections outside of, of what brought us together is is a lot of fun. I think, I mean, the, when you say the scheduling opportunities, that really hits home with me because one of my favorite shows in terms of scheduling and in terms of content honestly was the episode with lee Sargent, an illustrator out of australia mm -hmm. we we got together and we both really wanted to do the <laughs> yeah. show but the time difference was brutal 15 hours so we just we we decided the best thing to do was for me to start the show at midnight yeah which i mean we, we that just made the most sense and oddly it was so much fun because everything, the whole rest of the world was asleep. I had no responsibilities at that hour of the evening. We could just sit back and have a grand old time. And after we stopped recording, we kept talking just because, hey, we both have nothing else to do. And we both like Ghostbusters and we both like Star Trek and we both like <laughs> comic books. It was just, we just had that time where it's like, let's just have this. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, I have a few uh, and there may be more than than I know, but at least two folks um, that uh, I interact with regularly that are in Australia. And so, yeah, I I have a few uh, world clocks uh, on one of my widgets uh, for my iPhone. Uh, and the Sydney clock is one of them just to remind me that people I know are that far away, um, you know, uh, and one of them, uh, Damien, we've been friends for well over a decade now. Now we met through um, web development, speaking of mutual interests. Uh, uh, and at the time, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, our employment uh, and then uh, the gentleman Dax on um, Twitter is also in Australia and he's a lot of fun to interact with. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's um, <laughs> yeah, that that's what I've been thinking about, because I uh, I want to reach out to both of them at some point for my show. And, yeah. It's going to be a bit of a pickle to, <laughs> especially like you say, when, when a bunch of us get to talking our, our uh, passions and interests and fandoms, the conversation is really hard to wind down. When I started on your show, you asked me where I came from and how I arrived on this planet, which yeah. was a great intro. I'm going to ask you a slightly different question. Sure, sure. How did you find yourself on the internet for the first time? And what did oh, you man, do? Yeah. Wow, that is a great question. Um, so 
my official f- that I can remember was either it would have been my uncle uh, Alvin is only three years older than me. We're very close in age. So um, he, he, you know, he went off to college before I did. And I ended up going to the same the same school just up the street at U- University of Central Arkansas. Uh, and with that, he he had a Mac a little, uh, Mac classic, I think, or classic two. Uh, and it, uh, he used, uh, America online. <laughs> and, uh, no so judgment. my first connect, yeah, my first connection, I think he even heard at one point. Uh, but I remember my first connection being through his computer, through his America online account. And then, uh, so fast forward just a couple of years when I showed up to school, uh, at UCA as well. And he showed me the computer labs and how to get on the internet. Uh, and that's, that's, that was my first exposure to the internet. And of course, one of the very first things <clears throat> he showed me is like, this is how cool the internet is. Uh, he showed me, he went and scoured and found the, um, uh, an early release of the or earlier draft of the generations script and printed it out on a dot matrix printer, no less oh. using the, <laughs> using the university resources. My ears already hurt. <laughs> Uh, it was a lab printer, so it was far in the back, but it was dot matrix and that thing. Oh, it went on forever. Uh, but yeah, I wish I, st- I might still have it at my mom's house in a box, but I doubt it. But yeah, a uh, big old thick stack of uh, tractor fed printer paper uh, that had the script for generations and the original version of the Kirk death. Uh, and I, um, I avoided, I tried to avoid those spoilers. Uh, I did not read that script until after I saw the movie. So well, it starts with the, the captain on the bridge. It ends with the bridge on the captain. Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But okay, so I, I, my thought process was, I when I first got on the internet, I did a lot of things involving things like email chains, email forums, and, mm-hmm. and eventually Usenet and web forums. A little bit later on, that was kind of the genesis of what I'm doing now. And I, I'm just looking back at. Twitter and podcasts and the things that we're doing now and just trying to make the the connection between the stuff we were doing in the mid nineties, which sounds Mm -hmm. like about the same period of time for both you and me. And it's, it's amazing how much it's grown and in in some ways how it's almost gone backwards. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, no, it is. So, you know, back in the earlier days, the access was a lot more restricted, not restricted, but it wasn't as accessible because you had to know certain things to be able to get on the Internet. Um, over over time, of course, that's gotten to be easier. The barrier to entry for the Internet is much lower um, and it's on your phone now, uh, which is very much the least thing that your phone does is be a phone, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the folks who were on there were, you know, uh, probably more educated, especially since the internet started as a university project. Um, and now it seems, you know, with this with this democratization of access, um, everyone has the opportunity to express themselves and these groups are easier to find. So yeah, it kind of feels like a regression in a way, uh, in tone and intent. Um, it, it's more about uh, sharing opinions than information, which is which is fine. We should be, we should have a medium to our express ourselves, but we should also, you know, find a way to remain kind. Um, mm-hmm. And as, as great as it is, it's, it's allowed, it's become a vehicle for 
um, you know, for false information just as much as the truth. And that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with all of that. Um, hey, it's like, again, since since we have the same frame of reference, I, I've noticed a weird trend and I, I try not to give too much negativity because it gets enough on its own. Exactly. But, you know, I'm reading and I, I'll, I'll see something, uh, make a comment, and then the person responds with, I don't want you reading my tweets and I don't want you commenting on them. And like, <laughs> you, you, you can't stop me. You, you, you right. put this on the for anybody on the planet can read it. So why did you do that if you don't want people to stop? It's like you don't understand the concept of the Internet. Is, is that the point where we found ourselves? I, you know, I really, I, I, I have the same, I have the same, um, the same thought and feeling on that because you, you, there are ways to protect your tweets if you don't want strangers to comment or um, be allowed part of the discourse. You can, you can lock your account, or now you can restrict who can reply. That is a new feature, um, but the whole point of of this was. When you speak out like that, you the idea, the understanding, the part of the social media contract is that you're inviting discussion unless you um, aren't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you don't, you know, if you've put it out in an open forum, you don't get to decide really who you've made your choice by putting it out there that this is something you want to discuss with people, um, you know, be they your friends or be they strangers. Um, and I, I have you know sometimes i really disagree with people and i respond in a way that you know i i wish maybe sometimes i hadn't i don't like to knee jerk remove someone just because i disagree with them um but it happens from time to time um but yeah you know if we're if we're i've i've learned a lot about how to keep a more positive interaction uh um, oh, formula, uh, and it's to say what I think um, with, you know, inviting back a discussion of mm-hmm. what do you think about this um, and or keeping it open, but making sure that when I make my opinion that I'm not coming across as fact, that this is what I enjoy about this aspect of this thing. What do you like about thing you know i you know here for example you know the refit enterprise is my favorite design what is your favorite starship design you know that keeps it from being about my opinion um and invites discussion around it uh but that's easy to do with something like starship designs and a little less tenable with something like politics (laughs) sure well let's 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 kind of take an example that's right in the middle of the two um and I'll, i'll tell you how i tend to approach this and i'm I'm not sold on this approach, but it's it's done well so far. Sure. Um, somebody says something like, Star Trek Discovery is too political. and Or it's not political enough. I'm not going to pick a side. I'm just going to say that's where <laughs> that's where the argument starts. Right. And, and, you know, we realize there's going to be a disagreement. What I've done is I will say, well, my view is be- this. I, these are my reasons. Because of this, I think this. And they say, no, you're wrong. It's this, this, and this. And, and that's okay. Yeah. You, you can say it. You, as long as you present itself and you're polite and, and you present it in a way that is you know, reasonable, I can listen to you. Mm-hmm. Then I'll come back and say, okay, I think this and this, 
and and I will basically take what I said before, clarify it, put it in the context of what they just said, and what I will wait for is, do they take what I said and work with it, or do they just restate whatever they said prior? Right. If we're restating what they said prior, and I can't say anything more because I've already said everything I can say, I'll restate it one more time, and then I will back away. And whatever whatever is said after that, they get the last word. Sure. Yeah. And that, um, you know, that is personally something, leaving the last word alone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and, and I learned that um, when someone when someone wants to take the the bully tactic, uh, and I've avoided this more recently than, than, uh, for a lot of reasons. But if you, if you just, um, you know, if you just make them, uh, ridiculously uncomfortable with, uh, sassy nicknames, <laughs> they tend to leave you alone and you get the last word. Um, and it's because, you know, you're just like, oh, okay. And, and, and I admittedly it's, it's marginally cruel and sometimes out of character for me, but I'm not mean about it. You're just poking them, you know, at a certain mm-hmm. point you realize that you, you've got them on the hook and it's borderline a, uh, a, just a, just a turnabout of the bully tactic that doesn't make it right. But you know, if they're going to, if they're going to be rude and crude, I'm going to be ridiculous and silly. Um, because I can, I can, you know, have a bit of uh, tug at them without being mean. Um, and, and, but yeah, I try to avoid that these days cause that's, that's just toxic mentality. Um, and I found that the, um, I have a a routine these days that seems to keep me from from falling down that rabbit hole, and that's to wait uh, well after I'm awake and had some coffee before I check Twitter in the morning. <laughs> um, and that and that that seems to keep me from uh, you know once that once the the head clears up a little bit, I have a bit more uh, uh, lean on positive interaction. I. We have a couple mutual friends in our Twitter circle, mm-hmm. and, and one of the fo- points that we bounce back and forth between us is I will say, you have the right to not take part in any discussion you deem unworthy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If, if you get to the point where the discussion doesn't offer you something of value or somebody is bullying you into having a discussion, you have the right to put your phone down and walk away. Yep. And, and you yep. can even say, this discussion doesn't interest me. They hate apathy. They want you to get really worked up. It's like, no, this isn't what I logged in for. Peace out. They have nothing to work with. Yep. Yeah. And that's uh, that's your best weapon. And that's one thing that I've learned. Um, and that, you know, that's its own victory, uh, really, is that, you know, how – how, as a lot of folks say, you know, living rent free in your head and that's, that has a lot of weight, but you know, how valuable is your time to you? Mm-hmm. Um, someone said today that, uh, uh, time can either be saved or wasted. It can only be spent. And I was like, ouch. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that, that, you know, that whittles down to how do you choose to spend those minutes? Um, and as I've gotten older, you know, turning 45 this year, um, I think about, uh, I, you know, I, I kind of, uh, I kind of accept the fact that there's probably fewer years left than there are behind now. Um, and so once you can, once you can accept that, you really want to hold on to each moment. Um, and so, yeah, that really, that really struck a chord with me that 
how intentional are you with your time? What are you gaining from how you spend it? What else could you be doing that would be more enriching? Um, you know, and if I'm arguing with someone on Twitter while my kids are sitting bored in the house, I'm not spending that time well. No. Um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, helping frame it around that uh, definitely drives me in a better direction. Um, and I shifted my interactions, my interests from, you know, broadly political uh, stuff and just being being so to finding folks um, that I share this passion for Star Trek. It just hit me one day. It was like, you know, what do you actually like? What is it that you love? And it isn't politics, even though you have to pay attention. That isn't that isn't where I wanted to spend that time. And so I just searched Star Trek one day and I started tapping follow on people who showed up. Um, and I stumbled uh, quite quite accidentally across uh, Bat with Babe and Johnny Staggs and just, you know, uh, grew from there. And they are both folks who will follow you back. So, you know, that those two quick interactions led to all the rest of you guys. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and put their names in the show notes because I can vouch for both those people. They're pretty freaking awesome. Yep. And, and I will also bounce off of what you said there and, and about, you know, making sure your time is well spent. I could easily be accused of wasting a lot of the time I'm doing with this podcast, with the Twitter. with I mean, I do spend a fair amount of time online, mm -hmm. but I've had to audit myself as far as how that time is spent. Is it really productive? Is it making my life better? Because this show is about making our lives better. Right. This show is about... Man, I was in a bum place, but I turned on MST3K one day. It put a smile on my face. That put me on a better path through the rest of the week, through the rest of the year, through the rest of whatever. Yep. People who start a podcast like yours and say, I want to reach out to people, that's making our lives better. If what I'm doing is contributing to that or contributing to what you're doing, I consider it well spent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's, that's another thing with uh, – and I think, um, you know – as is, as, like I said, I'm in a, I'm, I'm in a bit of a common area in the house. Uh, so doing this, you know, uh, random other family members are part of the show from time to time, uh, especially on the live streams with uh, track lad, um, you know, all of the kids and all of the animals have been on the camera at some point. Um, and as much as, as she tries to ignore it, my wife even, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it, it just, you know, reaching out to these folks and, and, and just reminding everyone that we're a bit of a human, um, how can that be misspent time? Uh, you know, and I, I like to think of it too, in a, you know, in posterity's sake, um, I would love to have recordings of my grandfather doing something like this, you know, um, and, you know, not that not to, to be egotistical about it, but maybe uh, my kids and my grandkids and so on will appreciate it at, uh, at a point in the future if we if we get there. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> that's you know, not it, really. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say it, it, it just uh, being able to connect with people and do something like this. Just, I, I, you know, it, it, it felt like the right thing to do. And that's not egotistical at all, because when you do end up doing research onto previous generations, that's the stuff that truly becomes valuable. And, and people save so many things that are nice, but don't really give you anything of substance. Like, I've got grandpa's birth certificate, and here's his high school diploma, and that's that's great. 
But yeah. if you if you if your only memory of grandpa is him bouncing you on his knee when you were three years old and, and he passed away the next year, those things don't fill in the blanks like grandpa liked dogs. His favorite beer was Pabst Blue Ribbon and every Christmas <laughs> he got up with a glint. Of, that's the stuff you want. And that's the stuff that it's very hard to grab because nobody thought to record it. Yep. Yep. And, and I uh, that's, the, you know. The hour or so that I had to spend with folks, uh, you know, and and do things like other shows like this one, um, it's uh, it, you know, it's just a glint, man. It's just a it's a blip in the overall uh, existential existence. Uh, it, it really is um, just marginal. But like I said, you know, the philosophy of of the one student or the one the one person um, really is. Uh, meaningful to me because when I was a uh, martial arts instructor, um, you know, I was—I never had my own school, but I was an instructor in in other masters schools, and uh, you know, the rule was that you would hold class even if you were the only one there, um, because you are always a student, and so even if you're not sharing with others, you can teach yourself, practice your stuff, um, and the fact that the school is active right <clears throat> and so say someone comes strolling along and they saw an empty karate school they're not going to be really interested in that but if they see that one person in there who's dedicated enough to keep working they may that might interest them if they see a whole class that's definitely going to help but that one person may decide to come into that school uh, and that one person may take their first lesson with you even if it's just the basics and that one person may become the next grandmaster of your martial art uh, because you were there to be their mentor. Um, you might not be the grandmaster, but you helped. Um, and that is a, that's a very strong philosophy. And it goes, you know, it goes deeper than that to if you're the one person who took the time to respond uh, and unknowingly kept someone from making a poor choice, you know, um, if you would just happen to be the one to say hello or be the smile that someone saw that day, uh, that changed their day, um, and you know, didn't hurt yours, <laughs> um, smiles are free. Uh, kindness is free. Uh, sprinkle that shit everywhere, you know? Absolutely. And that's one of those things that it, it's, uh, it's, it's refreshing to hear somebody say that when right now said we're struggling with people screaming at each other on every social media platform there is and like i we're talking earlier about the, the way the internet was when we got rolling and for for the youngins here <laughs> when be in the mid 90s when you were putting together your profile and you're, you're you're setting up your email people would say well you should probably put your full name on there and your phone number and maybe mm -hmm. even your home address this right. was considered good advice at the time <laughs> at the time and, right and we could argue as to whether it was or not, but the fact that it was considered like it's like set yourself up, let people know who you are, let them know that you're a real person, and tr they try to act formal and nice, and and that's something that's just been so lost. It has. It's been um, <clears throat> it's been chat roomed. You know, uh, the decline in that started decline whatever uh, it started with you know short text codes for chat rooms brb afk things like that um when that kind when that idea spread through text messaging and things like that 
um, communication has become inherently an overall less formal. Um, you know, I I use a ridiculous number of memes, gifs, and emojis for a 45-year-old man. Uh, but I do it unapologetically because that's just part of how we communicate now. Um, and, you know, uh, the the Japanese folks were onto something when or uh, when they embraced emojis and, and helped share them around the world. Um, <clears throat> you know, if you'll remember, the uh, back in the day, the only way to get the emojis on your phone was to enable the Japanese keyboard uh, <laughs> because that's where they hid. Um, and so... You know, it, it's uh, embrace it, but yeah, no, that 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 original. I even had someone one time. That original formality um, is is gone, and I still have my Yahoo uh, email address. Is very first outside of school email address I've had. Um, and it's my it's my name, Daniel Decker at yahoo.com. You can send me email there. I will never receive it, um, but it still works. Uh, and when I when I started that, I included a quote, you know, your signature quote, right? So let let, let people a little insight into who you are. Um, back at, and it was, you know, my name and a, like you said, a little bit of that information, um, but a quote from an REM song, Driver Eight, and I had someone reply back that uh, that quote isn't very professional. <laughs> It's like, well, obviously you're not someone who I want to try and continue to go to work for. Uh, I can't handle that kind of energy. But, um, but yeah, it, it, the fact that you know, I even then I was kind of like, not everybody has email, so how can it be formal? You know, it is obviously still to me in my mind was in that 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 uh, geek niche. Um, but uh, once upon a time, I became a network administrator uh, at a very young age. Uh, and one of the very first mistakes I made in that field was to say, oh, I want to run my own email server. You do not want to run your own email no. server. <laughs> you do not want to run your own email server. If you're thinking work, of that. Very little reward. Yep. 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 Nope. 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 Um, that, the, my, that lesson was learned the first time, like we could no longer send email because I had mistakenly left it as an open relay and, uh, we got blacklisted. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it'll do it. So yeah, no, no kids listen up, uh, pay somebody to host your email. They're, they're, re they're experts for a reason. Yeah. Uh, I got to a kick a while back, how I wanted to get Google out of my life, which is still a big goal of mine. Right. And Dumping my Gmail account would have been the first goal and looking at the other options. It's like this, you know what? I'll just have to bite that bullet for now because it's not worth any, any of the other alternatives. It really isn't. And I made a mistake. Uh, oh man, a while back now that, you know, I got in under the, uh, I was grandfathered into, you get to do it for free personal domain when you could have, well, I think up to 10 email addresses, as long as it was just a personal domain. Um, and I shut that down, uh, under, you know, for ridiculous reasons at the time now looking back and now I'm running that same domain, but I, you know, and I'm paying a host for it and it's a reasonable price, but I still have to manage all the garbage of it. You know, um, I'm not running that server myself. I'm paying Namecheap to do that for me. <laughs> um, and, uh, because yeah, uh, but, but I would, you know, if I'd have kept it under the Google, it, it would have been a whole lot easier to manage, but you're right. Pulling the plug on things like that. Uh, that's a heavy lift. Yeah. And, and like yourself, I have made a couple of choices in the past out of like reasons I thought were good at the time, but big picture really weren't. Yep. Yeah. yeah and and yeah, that's, that's just, <laughs> changing technology is that something that's so 
manageable now is impossible down the road and vice versa. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, um, as as formats change, I have I'm in a very and I have to get this work done uh, because I'm in a very precarious scenario right now where I have just the right mix of technology to still claim uh, or, or or import the video on my old DV video cassettes from my DV video cameras that are like 20 years old now, uh, mini DV cassettes. Mm-hmm. I have just the right mix of technology to be able to get those videos off of the tape and onto a drive and actually still be able to use them. Um, I have a, a computer with FireWire 800, of course, and you can you know minimize that down to the right connection for the cameras. Um, and so I, it's it's nine years old, but I can still do it. And it's, so future proofing your future proofing your um, uh, your your historical archives, as it were, uh, is going to be you know that's going to be a challenge going forward with the technology that we're using. Uh, but yeah, it, it, you know it's it's um, an interesting time to watch the progression of the internet from. Um, you know, people are just hearing about it. Everybody got some weird name for their website, <laughs> like zoos. Wasn't that a name like zoos.com or something? Whoopi Goldberg tried to promote. I mean, everybody just tried to have a weird name that sounded like a brand um, so that they could distinguish themselves. Uh, but getting from there to here, it's it's been a really interesting, um, a really interesting journey, you know. It has been, and and people, it's been such a conflict between people and the way we think and the way we behave, which is changing, and the technology, which is changing even faster. I mean, for it seems like every couple of months, something really clicks for weeks, and then we both go in our separate directions again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, there's always something new trying to gain our attention, too, uh, like the service Quibi, you know, came along at the absolute wrong time. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, uh, you know, you can't plan for that. Um, and I, it had questionable, uh, veracity in my opinion in the first place. I was like, well, it'll be interesting to see if that, that plays out. But, um, you know, obviously the pandemic shut the, the whole idea around it became uh, untenable. Um, and that's unfortunate for those investors, but they had a lot of money anyway. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's, uh, it, where there's always something new clamoring for our attention and you become cynical uh, as to, okay, well, is it going to even be around? Is it even worth what little bit of time I, you know, they're asking for? Um, it's like trying to catch up on a new show, you know? Uh, am I, <laughs> I know, uh, I know I have old faithful Star Trek over there, uh, but do I really want to put the time into something new um, where I actually have to pay attention right now because I've got five other distractions uh, and I can, you know, have Star Trek in the background and know that it's there, but still, you know, pretend to do other stuff. <laughs> This week alone, I have had three different apps recommended to me for various reasons, none of which I knew about, none of which might be around next year. And I've learned a very important phrase when it comes to evaluating these things. And I'm no longer afraid to say I used to be timid, used to try to be polite. It's Mm -hmm. one case where I'm not going to be polite anymore. The phrase is, what's the fucking point? Yeah. (laughs) If you're asking me to use an app that already does the same thing as three other apps on my phone... I can almost guarantee you I won't need it, I won't use it, and I probably won't be here next year. Yep. 
and uh, I, I, you know, I my uh, home screen uh, space uh, as uh, as better organized as it is now, thanks to updates. But um, it's you know, I I don't have junk apps on my phone. Uh, I don't have junk apps on my computer. Um, every everything I have has a you know at some point has a purpose, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and I want to you know I'll pay for an app. Um, you know. 10 10 20 dollars is not unreasonable uh for something that either gives me a lot of joy or a lot of productivity or a lot of productivity and joy at the same time um you know uh i have uh i use the it's a it's a lower cost photo editor called pixelmator pro um i think it's like 80 bucks uh or maybe even less uh the point is is that it does everything that i could ever need from Photoshop for a lot less uh, of the price, and it's a joy to use. Um, they make the they make you know things that I would consider outside of my uh, wheelhouse or skill set for photo editing easy. You know, and it, it maybe it looks like you kind of threw some kit on it, but at the same time, it gives me everything that I need to do the artwork that I want for the projects that I have. Um, you know, and, and you know, uh, I threw together uh, other than the fine uh, uh, artwork from the Irish Trekkie for my avatar, uh, everything around it, I've thrown together myself. You know, with that tool because one, it's fun to kind of figure out how that works, and two. Uh, it, like I said, it's a joy to use that kind of product. Uh, I, <laughs> I have a ridiculous affection for my FTP client <laughs> because uh, I've used it for almost two decades, and I, uh, you know, I pay uh, a subscription now. I bought versions over the years, uh, but the the company Panic Software um, have supported the Mac for. Uh, for 20 plus years now. And, um, you know, they were there before the iPod saved everything. Uh, and when, you know, being a Mac developer was not necessarily a good idea, a way to make money. And, and so, you know, the fact that, that they put, uh, the love and care into building something as mundane as an FTP client. And they look for ways to make that suck less, uh, and actually be fun is, you know, who does that? Um, and that's the kind of work that, you know, the work that I want to do. Um, I, I like to think that, you know, throwing together the show is easy because, um, it's basically start and stop recording. Um, and then just make sure the QA comes out and boom, post it, you know, uh, no theme music, no, no real outside production. Um, and, and, and it's just because the tools that I use, uh, are well-crafted tools that help me build a, a, you know, reasonably crafted product in a short amount of time. Um, and, you know, I, I hope I want to be, I want to be that kind of person, you know, do the extra work, but make it look like it's not. There's a whole host of things we could look at from what you just talked about there <laughs> in terms of, you know, the fact that you can appreciate the the technology, the fact that you're, we're moving in, in a direction now where people aren't using tools to get into the, the nuts and bolts of what they're putting together anymore. They're expecting an app to do it all. And that's that's probably a conversation we should have down the road because there's so much in there. Mm-hmm. But if we could look at your show again and what you're putting into it and what you're putting out now, let's make sure people can, can get interested in that and that they want to reach out to you. So where can they find it and what are you doing? 
so you can find um, the show is available on all the podcast catchers, uh, or as Anchor tells me, eight of them. Uh, and that's where you can find it most easily. Just search for Bad Choices in Bourbon. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Decker, D-A-N-D-E-C-K-R. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Bourbon Bad. Uh, which I thought was the uh, best automatic name Twitter has probably ever generated. Uh, I went to go, I went to go because now when you create a Twitter account, it automatically generates your handle. um, And most folks don't know to go change that, which is why you see a whole lot of uh, numerical accounts. Now don't necessarily assume right away that those people are bots. Those people don't know how to go change, change their Twitter handle. Um, <laughs> uh, but I went to go, you know, it's like, oh, man, I've got to go see what garbage Twitter automatically generated. And and there it was. And I was like, well, that's that's obviously perfect. Uh, so I left that. That's at Bourbon Bad uh, for bad choices in bourbon. Um, and uh, with that, you know, uh, just released episode 16 with Jill Woodman today as of as of uh, this recording um, and I have several guests coming up uh, including the two we talked about Bat with Babe uh, and Johnny Staggs are going to be uh, future guests as well as um, Starfleet Boy uh, Olivia uh, and quite a few others uh, who are coming along to wrap up the year um, and if you're interested in learning more about the folks you interact with on Twitter outside of their passion for Star Trek uh, then you can check us out on that show. I'd strongly recommend it because everybody Dan just mentioned here is a very fantastic human being with a great story to tell. And I encourage you to check out their Twitter feeds and you get to know them pretty well. Dan, thank you so much for being on here. I would love to have you back anytime because this has been a lot of fun. Oh, Aaron, man, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Take good care. All right. You too, bud. I would like to thank Dan for being my guest today, and I would like to thank you for listening. For the community building part of the show today, I want to think back to all the awesome people that Dan and I talked about during this episode. People who we talked to on Twitter about things that we care about, things like Star Trek, Star Wars, fandom, and even this podcast. What I would ask is, go ahead and reach out to your social media platform of choice, be that Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and find a group of like-minded fans who embrace positivity. And although I usually try to build the community for this show, just try to build a good community online in general. And if you have trouble finding one, reach out to me and I will help you. My email address is bossigpodcast at yahoo.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Aaron Bossig. Don't forget you can subscribe to this show at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, most platforms of choice, YouTube, and we are syndicated on Realm of the Mist, a fantastic podcast network. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.